0: the damn fine tv podcast. I'm your host Jasmine and I'm
1: Mel's, and welcome to the weekly
0: watch. Mel's. we've got a lot to talk about today so I think we should dive <laughs> right in. We're of yes. course gonna get to our thoughts on Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me and The Missing Pieces but let's wrap up Westworld season three first. So what are your overall thoughts? Like overall thoughts on the season, overall thoughts on the finale, where are you at?
1: Well, um, overall thoughts on the season, I didn't think it, I didn't mind it, but it didn't blow my mind. And I know we've talked about this a few times, just how they're they're just not going to recapture that magic of season one. And I'm fine with that. But see, now I feel like I've gotten a little bit more appreciation for season two after watching season three. And I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to go, if that makes sense. Like... Mm -hmm you know, while you're in the thick of it and you're waking, you're, you're waiting week to week, excuse me, you know, to consume these episodes. Maybe you just start thinking, "Ugh," you just start running through all the scenarios in your head of the things you didn't like. Right. Uh, Like, and then that kind of lowers your feelings on the season. So overall, I'm, I didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst, (laughs) but I can't say that it held my attention like I hoped it would, you know? And that's what's kind of sad about it for me because I love the show so much. Yeah. So the finale, um, first time around, I liked it. There were some parts where I was like, eh, like, you know, do we really need more Maeve and Dolores scenes? I mean, I liked the scene where... She got in her mind and then they talked, you know, in the Westworld flashback or I don't even know if you call it a flashback, but the Westworld backdrop, you know, simulation Um, kind of
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind that. I loved that that actually, to be honest, but there were just some parts. It felt a little rushed. Hmm. So that's how I felt in my first watch. And I cried at a couple of parts, too, (laughs) which should not be a surprise because I'm the biggest crybaby in the world. Um, on my second watch, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more. I, I think no going into it, knowing all the reveals and what happened, I maybe had the opportunity to enjoy those moments a little bit more For than sure. be so emotional about certain aspects of the finale. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have the bigger picture, so you can kind of zone in on different details.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What did you think of it? Well,
0: so for season three overall, I'm, I am I want to put it like in the middle of season one and season two, because you're right. I don't think they're ever going to get back to what they had in season one. Maybe they will. That would be amazing. But that's definitely the standout. Season two, I'm still pretty cold on. And I think, yeah, like season three fits somewhere in the middle. Though I will say um, the episode from season two called kiksuya the one with Akichida, that is yes. still like the best episode of the series in my opinion so that mm-hmm. gives season two at least something <laughs> to be yeah, memorable for, sure. for you know
1: <laughs> yeah but that, the whole that whole episode was so beautiful oh, like the storytelling yeah. this the uh the backdrop or you know yes, the scenery i mean all of it yeah, yes, yes just gorgeous oh my yeah, goodness it really was
0: um But yeah, there's just something that still doesn't really sit right with me about season three. I just don't have, I think there were a few episodes where I was really eager to like do all the theory crafting and watch the episodes multiple times, but I was almost reluctant to watch this one again. And I think it's just that problem that I keep coming back to. It's, it's the lack of emotion that I feel for the characters. Although there were some exceptions in this episode, which I'm sure we'll get to. And Mm I will say that I'm amazed with how this show has taken me on this journey with Dolores where I liked her in season one. I thought she was a great heroine, like a great protagonist. I really disliked her in season two. And now that she's gone, and I'm talking original Dolores, I'm not talking any of the copies or anything like that. Now right. that, like, the Evan-Rachel Wood Dolores is gone, I am, like, <sighs> huge fan, totally in love, 100% would recommend. Like, she's everything to me now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of incredible that the show was able to do that. And I yeah. think it's, it's funny because I think a lot of that kind of rests on this finale and on some of – I mean, most of this season in general, to be honest. But, yeah, the episode overall, I think it's sta- – like – As an episode, it stands alone really, really nicely. I think a lot of it was really interesting, cool storytelling. Obviously, the reveals and the climax and all of that kind of stuff, that was great. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It would be interesting to watch the whole season again, like start to finish kind of in a binge mode and see what it's like in that sense. Because I don't know if it'll hold up the same. Because I struggle with Westworld in that... I understand the kind of storytelling that they're trying to do. I know that they like to just have this sort of buildup of mystery and be really ambiguous about stuff. And then they have like these peaks that they hit where they maybe reveal a little bit and then they go back to like their smoke and mirror show and they re- or they like conceal more stuff. And then they have another peak and then the finale is like this epic thing. And that's fine. That's kind of a TV thing as well. Your finales are always going to be a little bit more epic. But something feels unnatural about the way that Westworld does it. Like Westworld, it feels like it's trying too hard in a way. Like Mm. I was Mm. trying to compare it to another show that I feel like has a really good central mystery and also has like a bunch of mysteries going on. And so I thought about the leftovers and that is a show where it is ambiguous and you don't always know everything that's going on. And there are constant, Uh, opportunities to come up with theories and think about like what that could mean or what this could mean and yet the way that they unraveled the information in that show felt really organic whereas here it feels not as purposeful it feels like kind of a magic show gone wrong in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways or like a really cheap trick magic show if that makes more Mm -hmm. sense I don't know so I struggle because I get it like you know the the formulaic thing that they have going on that's the way that this show is and that's what they want to do with it but i don't know it's just still it just doesn't resonate with me as much as i want it to so yeah
1: and that makes perfect sense and i do agree with you as far as the emotional connection i mean i started off the season wanting to be like emotionally connected to Caleb mainly because i love Aaron Paul sure. right and by the end of the season, so by this last episode, I was like, you know what? I realized I never really had that emotional connection with mm-hmm. him. And the probably the only character that I have any emotional, um, I guess, caring for, and it's very minimal, <laughs> um, besides Maeve. I mean, obviously Maeve is my favorite, but it would be Bernard. And I really mm-hmm. liked the stuff okay. that happened with Bernard in this episode, and I was happy to see it. He's not used enough. And that was my one of my complaints about this episode is I was like, we got a big reveal, which I guess technically it didn't feel like that big of a reveal because it felt pretty obvious throughout the season, which is that he had the key. Right.
0: Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we were talking about that by episode three or four.
1: Exactly. And they never said it. But I was like, okay, well, this obviously has to be a reveal for him. I feel like they could have done so much more with that. And as far as Dolores goes, original, like, OG, country girl, you know, yes. Dolores. <laughs> I feel the same way. I went on a big up and down with her as well. Loved her in season one. In season two, I I had some issues with her. I still loved her. Season three, I was not digging her in the beginning by the end of it. I was, like, you know, in tears. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that emotion. The emotional tide is still there. It's just not as great as it used to be. But I'm really, I think, super pissed about Bernard and Maeve to an extent. I feel like they just were very underutilized, and I didn't like that. Oh, big time. And it's...
0: See... This is another one of my problems. I agree with you that the emotional resonance was there for Bernard big time this episode. I really felt for that meeting. And I love the way that Dolores orchestrated that. And Mm -hmm. I think it just meant so much for their relationship and for their characters in general. But for the rest of this season, Bernard was basically like, oh, gotta get Dolores. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's there's something inside me. I can feel it. And that's it. And it's like, it's Jeffrey Wright, who's an amazing actor, but who's given <laughs> nothing to work with. And similar for Maeve. She, I mean, we've talked about it. She was between the Sirach and the Hard Place. She really had <laughs> no like opportunity to break free from that until the end. But you're right, underutilized and basically just on the same script over and over and over again, which is maybe what they're going for. You know, they love the loop imagery. But Here, again, it's like all of the emotional stuff was in this finale because I felt for Maeve when she was having that conversation with Dolores, like she was finally seeing it from the other point of view. And it's really too bad that they couldn't have had this conversation earlier in the season. And I think that that's one of the things where when I talk about the way that Westworld unravels and, and unveils its plots, its mysteries, all that kind of stuff. What would have been the issue if Maven Dolores had had that conversation earlier in the season? Well, they wouldn't have had this conflict, but the conflict felt so false anyways, mm-hmm. because if they had just been able to have this conversation, they would have chosen the same side, I'm sure of it, and they did. You know, yep. so yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was a really beautiful moment on second watch. I was devastated about Dolores. First watch I was just pissed off because I could feel yeah. that her like her quote unquote death was coming. Second time mm. around, knowing what was gonna happen, I was just in tears. Like it was it was an angry cry at the same time, but it was still crying.
1: Yes, and yes.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I agree about Caleb too. And I'm kind of like, okay, the Park Five stuff, it's interesting. I'm glad that they revealed what it was. Why was Dolores in Park Five anyway? And this wasn't
1: oh. that long ago because Caleb isn't that much older. Exactly. Uh, listen, the Park Five stuff really confused me. I have I have notes on Park Five, and a lot of it is, but why, though? Yeah. Um <laughs> That, after every thought, I'm like, yeah, but why? So, if part five is quote unquote war world, right? And, and what was the whole point of Maeve? See, this is what I don't, I, mm. I, I, I just don't, because I was viewing part five by the end of this episode, because that's where I'm thinking Caleb was at, where they were simulating the war and Holy they were, te- okay. So you're and they saying were training like- them yeah 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 for
0: sure but you're saying maybe like the world war Two stuff could be in within the same park well right like like what no go ahead sorry
1: no 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 yeah no you're right like there's different parts of quote-unquote west world right like there's there's the town part yep where you and then there's the prairie part right Mm -hmm. um then and there's then what's it called like Escalante or something like
0: that wasn't. There's yep. Sweetwater and then that place where uh, Man and Black and Lawrence were always
1: hanging out. Yep, yep. Right. So okay. I'm thinking, like that. are there simulation or are there parts of that park where they? only use it for training facility or they right. only use it for actual military, you know, so they can train them before they send them into an actual war zone. Um, and then are there also the parts where tourists could come, I guess, or, you know, people could come and yeah, shoot Nazis. I don't know, but I was trying to make a connection with that because I was like, well, wait a minute now. Even though the ratio was different and, and she was obviously in a simulation, I still was thinking that she was in a part of the park. Right. That would have been, and it was, the, the general theme here is war. So I don't know. I mean, so I, I wrote all that out and then afterwards I was like, but why though? I mean, because <laughs> what is the point? I don't, uh, yeah. like... Yeah. Well, I mean, so. I get the
0: point for sending soldiers there. It's I mean, it's the same they're they're gathering data. It seems like the whole point of Westworld is just to gather data essentially. Yes. And to make a bunch of money and and, you know, create AI and stuff, but at the end of the day it just seems like gathering data. But Yeah, right. I don't know. But what really irritated me and I didn't think about this until the second watch, but like Why was Dolores there? Like, we've never seen that she was used for any other purpose except for that Dolores character. Okay, Wyatt, but that was at, like, the beginning, the beginning of the park. Uh Uh-huh. And for the rest of it, she was just Dolores. So, yes, yeah, I'm just confused as to why she was even there.
1: Well, and then also they had, uh, I call her Dragon Lady because I can never pronounce her name, but she was there also. Oh, okay, Um, like other armistice? Yes, the uh, other armistice. And then also um, Craddock, which was part of the Federales or however you pronounce that.
0: Oh, is he the guy that had like the split face?
1: Yes, yes. So this is where my question comes in. (laughs) Where I need, I need a timeline. Okay, that's, that's. This is what's missing for me, because Dolores and these other characters that we know from other parts of the park, right are were I need a also could
0: be like the tagline for every season
1: yeah. <laughs> I need a timeline <laughs> I need a timeline like stat, I need a timeline, I need them yeah. to give me something because there's there was i just don't I can't add it up in my mind. I can't add up when Caleb would have been there. Uh, for this training, and Dolores be one of the, what they call the spools of war, right? Sure. Like, one of the people that they save, but she's, where does that fall in the timeline of where she caused, or, you know, well, I know it's only been a few months in Westworld world since the whole takeover of the park and the free, right. and she escaped, But between that and the first episode of season one, when was she in there? Because I'm so confused now. I've no, I totally, I've tossed myself into a whole circle here. (laughs) Like, let's
0: say between okay, so obviously there was the stuff that happened with Jimmy Simpson, William, and that's like 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever. I guess that was 30, and then the stuff with original Arnold was 35, whatever. Give me a timeline. Um. (laughs) Give me a timeline. (laughs) But then, so maybe, but then, okay, it can't be any time within there. It has to sort of be within the last, let's say, five, six years because they didn't, I mean, they're not going to do much with Aaron Paul. He's sort of at an age where you could pass by 10 years and he's not going to change that much. Right. But- it is really confusing to then understand like where that fits in with the rest of what we know about Dolores.
1: Exactly.
0: And to be honest, I don't know if we'll ever get clarity on that because it kind of seems like season four is maybe moving. I mean, maybe they'll go back and forth, but it seems like we're moving pretty far into the future and Caleb is a human. So unless they've figured out the fidelity and all that kind of stuff, like we could be done with Aaron Paul. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I don't I would hate for him to be a one season wonder, but Same. especially how it was left with Maeve because I thought, oh, they're oh, going to be like this yes. new duo of like, you know, sorting out humanity and getting everybody back on track. So that would really suck, but based on what we saw with bernard Arnold, <laughs> um you know he's so dusty which i you oh, I know loved i love that that was great I, I loved it i was like he's been sitting in that room this whole day. like what has happened nobody housekeeping hasn't come Thank back you. or nothing i have <laughs> questions about that too
0: i was like because at first i was just so blinded by the dust i was like this is amazing and then when i started to like clear it away i was like hmm where is <laughs> housekeeping though nobody <laughs> has tried to like and if it is the apocalypse nobody's tried to raid this room for whatever oh, it might right. have So
1: there's no squatters. Come on now. Yeah. So it's not realistic. (laughs)
0: So for sure there's questions there, but it does, it does excite me about like what's to come for that because I do wonder how long it's been for him, wherever he's been. Like, has it been a day? Has it been a month? Mm -hmm. And, but then so much time has passed in the real world, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I'd love to know what time looks like. If he went into the sublime versus reality time, which whatever that whatever that means, I don't don't even know what that means anymore, (laughs)
0: right? Which I guess is how they could still give us stuff with Caleb, because it would still be sort of I don't know happening at the same time, quote unquote. But yeah, I hope he's not just a one season wonder. I know. Um, Okay. What else? I, yeah. Oh, I'm super excited to see if they go with it, what would happen between Maeve and Caleb. I mean, that seems really exciting. It's too yeah. bad that we had to lose Dolores in the process, but I mean, I suppose Dolores could be recreated. There's other copies of her out there. The, the issue is that so much of her data was erased that I don't know if we'll mm. ever see her the same again right sucks but right um so but speaking of the other copies of dolores then my my biggest issue i hate it and i don't want to see it and i almost would be fine if they retcon the entire thing in season four i am not here for this fucking version of dolores inside charlotte hale's body i i just don't care it's so cheesy to me the way she showed up dressed in all black with her hair pulled back i was like oh i guess she's super evil now like what is this yeah I I don't care. I mean, I've already said before, I'm not a fan of Tessa Thompson. I don't think she's a strong actress at all. It just came across so, oh, it was just trying so hard, in
1: my opinion. It felt forced. I agree with that. Um, I don't, I mean, this is, I suppose, all right, this is where it made a change for me. And I'm going to try to make this make sense (laughs) the best that I can. (laughs) Earlier in the season, probably like a few episodes ago, I had asked you if you thought that Dolores was bad or good. And we had said, well, we need to see more. I asked because I started to wonder if her little twist was that she really wasn't trying to destroy humanity. She was in some way trying to liberate, which... What is what turned out to be, you know, she gave her speech about I'm choosing to find the beauty mm-hmm. and it took burning down Westworld for the hosts to find some type of freedom. And so it's going to take the world burning down for humanity to find freedom again and get, try to get back on course and let yeah. nature laws play out. Now,
0: honestly, sorry to interrupt. I have chills again, just thinking about that speech. <sighs> it was really beautiful. I know. Beautiful.
1: It was gorgeous. And just the fact that Maeve's daughter was there and everything. Oh, and I know. it yeah. I that's why I told you I cried the first Are on we the first round. <laughs> I mean, I was like, okay, I love you again, Dolores. Stop playing yeah. with my emotions yeah. like this. Yeah. But, you know, and so I'm wondering that what she was trying to do with Charlotte. Charlotte was, I suppose, or, well, Chaloris, but we'll just call her Charlotte for the sure. sake of yeah. trying to keep it straight. She was trying to warn her, but it wasn't for her to be, like, assy about it. Dolores was trying to warn her, like, this is not your family. Don't get attached. And it's because I think she knew how shitty Sorak uh, Robojo, mm. Re- Re- Bo, all of that was, and that if she did step out of line, that what ended up happening to her family was going right, to happen, right? right? And But she didn't want to reveal any of that because she was trying to do things the way that they needed to play out for her. And yeah. I get all of that. Um, I don't necessarily want to see a, quote-unquote, evil Dolores inside of Charlotte who's keeping her burnt arms to remind everybody of how Ugh. shitty humans are. It's not, like, I don't need that I hate humans storyline to continue on in Charlotte, right? Like, mm. and the reason I say that is because what we've come to find out is that Dolores didn't hate humans. She hated, like, the system. Or she hated the the man type thing, right? Like, Yeah.
0: Well, I think... I think she did hate humans, but she knew she hated what she knew of humans. And then when she was right. actually allowed to come to the real world, or not even allowed, when she made her way to our world, she realized that it's not all the people that come to the park. Like, that's not what everybody is like. And so she she grew, and she developed, and she progressed. And this version of her feels like a regression, and it feels like we're going back yeah. to season two, Dolores. And that's... Exactly. Ugh, I'm just not here for it. I, I, like... And another thing was like, okay, maybe maybe I'm not reading this correctly. Maybe I'm not looking at it through the right lens. But Charlotte says something about, I wanted you to have hope like I did. Does she mean hope that the hosts could take over? Because in my reading, Dolores did have hope. In fact, that's what she was basing every action on, was the mm-hmm. hope that this one man, Caleb, would choose to do the right thing. Or would choose to see the world in a different way or would choose to liberate, whatever it is. So I don't know. Was Charlotte's hope that it could still be like a host-run world, I guess? Because otherwise she's wrong.
1: Right, right. Well, that's that's where I had another bit of like trying to work it out in my head, still being a little confused, but thinking I might be sort of getting on the right track with this is that even in her copies – So that includes Charlotte. Dolores did not divulge what her entire plan was. And this copy that was in Charlotte, she started becoming, I guess, sentient in her own way and Mm -hmm. asking questions. Like she wasn't like Mushashi or Lawrence, where it was, or Connell's, where it was Mm -hmm. just like, here, you know, all right, yeah, this is my job. This is what I have to do. And then this is the end of it for me, right? Like they never knew a lot of the information. They never knew what Dolores was. They only thought they knew what she was after. She never told them the truth. So when it comes to Charlotte, it's like she was force fed that narrative from Dolores, her original Dolores, so much that when it cost her this family that she had become attached to. And then she finds out it's not even the what real Dolores had plans. She just gets super vindictive and, and shitty about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Yeah.
0: And I uh, think that maybe original Dolores saw this coming in a sense because she didn't put the key in her own memories. Like head. she entrusted right. it with somebody else because she couldn't fully trust herself. And exactly. I just, I really like that because I think, again, I mean, we've talked about this before. Season two Dolores was so, uh, I don't know on like one dimensional, so boring in that way. And there's just been yeah. so much growth for her character. And you see it in all these little ways. And that's one of them. And it's just yeah. a shame to have her gone and to, I guess, be regressing in this Charlotte Dolores yeah. vision. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't care. I don't I'm with you on that. I don't care too much for that, to be honest. Yeah. Well we'll
0: see how it plays out, I
1: guess. It it feels like so the the post credit
0: scene where Ugh. we Sort of get more from her because really all we saw throughout the episode is when she shows up. Sort, I guess, I guess she was showing up to original Dolores sort of through those contact lenses.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but anyways, yeah. So we get uh, the William stuff, which. Oh. So like, what do you think about this? Like, is this is this the <laughs> William house that we saw at the end of season two, or is this maybe a different one that Charloris? Has recreated from her memories of William, specifically Man in Black William, just uh-huh. like she kind of recreated uh, Bernard slash Arnold Bernard, yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> so I think that well, I think that this is something new that she's created, okay? Because and the reason I think that is because it showed where there were so many of those creation booths, is what I call them. Sure, yeah. Um, where she, I feel like she's just gonna make an army. Of vindictive, terrible people, and she's using the data from Delos from inside the hats,
0: right? Right,
1: because she so got all of it. She's got it all. She's right there. She's Charlotte, and she's got all of that at her fingertips. So, I think she took all of the bad, the Man in Black stuff. Right? She created a very vindictive sidekick for herself, which is mm. host Man in Black. And real William, I think he's got the right mind... Well, he had, I guess, the right (laughs) mindset. Where... Because I thought to myself, oh, now he's going to kill all the fucking hosts, you know? And I was like, why are you trying to kill Bernard? Like, that's not who you need to go after. But then he works his way to that. I don't think he ever really wanted to kill Bernard. But... Then he gets killed. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I mean. Yeah. Don't tell me that when we come back to season four, they're going to have like lasered or whatever, like uh, blowtorched his throat up and just have him like. maybe. (laughs) Because I'm thinking to myself, all right, listen, honestly, if you're going to kill somebody this time around, just fucking kill them. All right. (laughs) Please be done with it. As much as I don't want William, you know, because I feel like he's. Tried to have an arc here. I don't think they executed it very well. But just have him be gone, okay? Because I don't want him popping up or that being the big rumor about season four is, well, is he alive or not? I don't want to deal with that. Because we already kind of did
0: that this season, too. Like, is he already a host or not?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, I just want him to be gone, Or they come out right out of the gate with him still being alive somehow, but in a tricky situation, even though I'll be mad at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless they pick up right where they left off or something, where they show that somebody came down to help him, because Dolores is not going to help him, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: So. That's true.
0: What I will say is that conceptually, it's kind of interesting that we have Dolores and William together again as a team but in completely different iterations of themselves. Yes.
1: Yes. Right. So it's like exactly. OG Dolores
0: and Jimmy Simpson but so 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 different.
1: But so different. Yeah.
0: But I don't know that I again it's like interesting conceptually I don't know that I really care.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um the only other thing I did have to say is there is something in the back pocket to potentially bring Dolores back. And um this... let hear it. I want to hear it. <laughs> this actually came to me at about 3 o'clock this morning. All right? That just <laughs> gives you some perspective on where my mind has been at for okay. the past week. Okay. When Dolores is gone, right? Um There's nothing but Maeve and Caleb left. And we're thinking to ourselves, man, we really don't want to lose Dolores. She can be remade. We talked about that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But... We've seen it, that Maeve does have the power to restore. Yes. And I don't know to what extent or what has to happen, but I guess based on Maeve's memories as well, or what Maeve knows, which now Maeve knows everything. Mm-hmm. She could do her Jedi host powers on a new copy of Dolores, like she did with Hector. Yes,
0: I love it.
1: Snap snap well
0: and and the (laughs) thing is that like there are other copies out there so I don't know what maybe Shaloris has done with them maybe she's destroyed them already but it is possible that they could get their hands on one of those pearls Mm -hmm. and original Dolores is in there yes they've changed trajectory and sort of become their own thing as they like sort of separated from original Dolores but I would Mm -hmm. assume that like the cornerstone and the key memories are there somewhere
1: yeah, and, and also created
0: them without them, but then that wouldn't make sense because then that wouldn't actually be a copy of her.
1: Exactly. So that's something mm. in the back pocket. Yeah, Because Mouse. it just <laughs> Well, it just seems to me like we only saw a glimpse of that this season with Maeve and she never used it again. And I thought, right. well, that was, that's something that's pretty big mm-hmm. for Maeve to be able to do for them to not touch back on that. So that could be something that we see in the next season if Dolores did show back up would be them recreating her with Maeve's help now that Maeve's not against her. Love it. So Love it.
0: Yeah. And I'm here for another scene of Dolores putting her body back together. I don't know me what too. it says about me, but I'm in love <laughs> with that like human slash robot version (laughs) of that woman like I just sat there and stared at it and was like this is I don't know like am I what's who okay I don't
1: know it's hot I like it (laughs) there was something about that first of all let me tell you I got this weird like it is the oddest thing it's I had a weird body envy moment where I was like I wish I was a robot (laughs) Because I was like, look how fit she is. And then I was like, she's not, okay, wait, first of all, that's a robot. All right, Mm -hmm. let's get real here, okay? Like, when she consumes 30 burgers, it doesn't do anything to her, okay? True, true. But
0: that's part of the the allure.
1: (laughs) It is, I know. Now, I will say, though, there was something, and I can't put my finger on it either, but it was just a magical-type thing just seeing, like, her, you know, neck and her head and then her putting on, like, the skin glove with the fit I don't know. Like, all yeah. of it was very, like... Well, it felt sensual and it also was very appealing to the eyes, like aesthetically as well. Like I really enjoyed watching her put herself back together as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, The effects were
0: amazing. And then even Evan Rachel Wood, like the way, the way she, her face sort of made that little grimace a little bit as she's pulling it like super taut to make sure it's all the way on. Like it's just those little gestures that made it so well done. And I mean, Evan Rachel Wood is a good looking woman. Her, I, I love, the way she they have her hair in this season like not so much when it's pulled back but the little like the crop that she has going on it's cute yeah so I don't know super cute I was trying to figure it out I was like maybe it's like when you you know when you get a new phone and it's so exciting it's like I mean if if you use iPhones I guess they usually have like the bigger screen and it's like a little more (laughs) like the it's a clearer picture and all that kind of stuff so it's like exciting you get that new piece of tech and it's almost like it's beautiful in a way. And so I was like, yeah. And then you put a good looking woman's face on it and you can't really go wrong. (laughs) So exactly.
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I was here for that scene. I really was.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. It had me questioning
1: a couple of things, but I'm, I'm just going to own it. I was into it. (laughs) Hey, that, the, There's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it was very sensual. Yeah. I mean. I'm so
0: glad you agree.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really was. And also the what she was saying to him as well, like with this body and this face, you know, and the way right. she was explaining yes. it to him. Just the whole thing had that vibe to it. And I was like, I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah. I'm liking it. Yep. Well. I guess that's the
0: the image I'm going to hold on to. Uh, there we go. In between seasons here. Who knows when <laughs> we're going to get a season 4? I mean, we talked about this last week or the week before, I think, but it has been renewed, but with the way that they deliver their seasons, there's usually about a full year, if not more, in between. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, but yeah. Hopefully we'll be back to cover that season as well. Yes, yes. But to be quite honest, I'm pretty happy to be done with Westworld because it means that we're moving into, like, full-time Twin Peaks.
1: Yay! So, for today,
0: (laughs) we're going to chat about the films. I mean, the film plus deleted scenes, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, we're going to talk about Fire Walk With Me and The Missing Pieces, and then next week we're going to be getting into The Return, which is so exciting.
1: Listen, I cannot wait. Like, you do not know how bad... I, my fingers have been itching to press play on that first episode of season three. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And now like after today, I'm going to be like, that's the first thing I'm doing is I'm running and I'm turning on that first episode.
0: I, I kind of had a feeling I was like I bet Mel's is waiting until we record and then like that's her weekend plans is watching these first two episodes but 100%. I'm, so, I'm so glad that you waited because now like we can have the discussion about everything that leads up to it and then you can just dive in it's going to be worth yes. it
1: I'm so excited I cannot wait oh all right well take us through some of your thoughts on fire walk with me okay well fire walk with me um I knew that, obviously, it was going to be in film format, so we were going to get more than what we got in the series. And what I mean by that is you might get some cursing, you might get some, mm. you know, just some things that you can't you can't do that on TV, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, which Twin Peaks sort of, for its time, did push some things that you hadn't seen on TV before. But I'm <laughs> so... I enjoyed the movie. It was so weird, okay? I want to yeah. start off by saying I was I enjoyed it, but I was confused. Mhm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not looking at that negatively at all. I liked it. It and then when I got into missing pieces, it helped me. I was I still had some confusing moments, but it was a nice round out to the movie, right? right? Like all of those Deleted or extra scenes that came up in um, the missing pieces really helped me with how I left Firewalk with me. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, now I will. I've got a few notes here, and then we can obviously like go into you know details on some things. But what I've got, my favorite scene right off the bat was the very beginning with Gordon. Okay. Um, when he's like speaking in that special code with Chet and Sam. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I was my really excited. Over the face. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Listen, Gordon next to Dale might be my favorite character. Oh wow, I love it. And it's because he's just so odd. Oh, and he's one hundred percent odd, and <laughs> I love that he.
0: There's something about him being like the first. Voice, I, I'm pretty sure he's the first like dialogue that we hear, and it's very much yes. like, "Hi, I'm David Lynch. This is my film."
1: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Perhaps that's why I like it so much, is because I'm like the this guy was like flashing his gonads a bit, and <laughs> you know? that's yeah. like, yeah. I'm gonna open up my own movie up. How do you like sure. those apples? Um. But yeah. So so I was really surprised because I didn't want to run the risk of spoiling myself on anything. By looking on the internet. So I had really no clue about what Firewalk With Me was going to be like. So I was excited to see Kiefer Sutherland, though, because I really like him. But, yeah, so them talking in code and then the woman in the red wig dancing. Like, it just was – it was so weird, but it was so entertaining. Oh, and I, I loved it. I love that it. you
0: love that because I feel like <laughs> – That's the moment, like, with Lil and her secret message. I feel like that's the moment, if you are not interested, you are turning this movie right the fuck off and walking away.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, like I said, it's confusing yet entertaining. And that's what I like about it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to get more, but I'm not going to lie. I was like, what's he talking about with his hand over his face? And what's this lady dancing got to do with anything? But I loved it. So, um... Another note that I made, obviously, because, like, Teresa is from Deer Meadow, right? Mm -hmm. And I made this association in Deer Meadow with Twin Peaks that it's, like, the upside down of Twin Peaks. (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad I got that. Because I was, like, even down to everything in the the sheriff's department is polar opposite, right? Mm Um. Harry is so helpful. This sheriff was such an ass and the receptionist was mean and snarky and Lucy's the polar opposite of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when you get to the diner and I'm like, this is they have a diner, but this is no, this is definitely no Norma. Definitely not the <laughs> double R. <laughs> no, it's not. And so, yeah, like just that whole feel of it. I was like, this is just the the upside down, the Ref- the mirror mm-hmm. on the other side of uh or i guess because you, you and i talked about this this would be like twin Peaks, doppelganger maybe <laughs> yes oh 100
0: <100%. laughs> that's such a good take i never even put it into those words i love that
1: Oh, good. All right, sweet. So, oh, racking up points Yeah, here. I mean, <laughs> even the
0: way that they, even, like, the camera angles that that are being used in this, like, they feel very opposite to what you're used to in Twin Peaks. And I don't know if yes. that's necessarily the case. I would have to maybe, like, watch them side by side or something. But it just feels like it's coming from a different angle. It feels a lot more raw, a lot more gritty. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, the next thing I have is Donna Not Donna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's D&D in all of my notes now because I'm like, <laughs> this is not Donna. Um, which you had told me that I think there must have been some kind of disagreement with the original actress. And she didn't come back for this. But still, I had that face where I was like, she just has that look just well enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to where I'm like, okay, this, okay, all right. I could get with this at least for, you know, this movie. I've. I'm fine with it. Um, I put loads of drugs, bubbies and sex and bubbies is my code for (laughs) today. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean,
0: like you said, it's stuff that they, you could get away with now on HBO and maybe on some other networks and stuff, but it's definitely different. It's a lot more graphic. Um, I mean, it's a horror film. It's straight up a horror film and it's very,
1: I mean, it's, it's like psychological horror in a way sits with you it sure is it really is because you know like I can watch some like sex scenes they don't bother me you know I'm like that that doesn't but this was weird and kind of it was gave me a super uncomfortable feeling Mm -hmm. and I guess it's because of all of the context that we kind of knew coming into it right so we knew that Leland was Bob was Leland Leland was Bob and then Bob was harassing or sexually assaulting Laura. Oh, okay. But I can't like oh, I feel for <laughs> that man. He is just so uncomfortable. Ugly oh, my as sin. Like, <laughs> just. oh my gosh. Like Oh my gosh. And he's like, okay, like he's like a possum, okay? Like honestly <laughs> He shows up in a room and he's like, (sighs) yeah, you know, and you're like, calm down. Okay. Like (laughs) Bob, take a chill pill. All right.
0: (laughs) But he's very good. Like obviously the star of this film is Cheryl Lee and she is just phenomenal. But Frank Silva, who plays Bob, uh, he's just amazing. And he started out as just like a, I think he was a boom operator when they were filming the pilot David Lynch oh my caught gosh. a weird shot of him sort of reflected in the camera and was like, that's it. That's Bob. Oh, so, I love that. Right? And it's just like, it's got to be about the look. I mean, oh, I yeah. feel so bad for this man, but that greasy gray hair and the look on his Ugh. face, like he was just born to play the role.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also the noises that he makes. I'm yes. like, oh, you yeah. just automatically, the little hairs on your neck stand mm, up. It's just so uncomfortable. Whoa. But you know and
0: all, like this discomfort that you're talking about it's 100% running throughout the whole thing. That's the atmosphere, mm-hmm. that's the vibe. But it's 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 what you're supposed to feel, you know? Like yeah. I think there's a very pointed effort in this film to say, "Hey, remember how Laura Palmer started this series and there was rape and incest and like that's a really those are really heavy subjects and you can't really yeah. gloss over them with coffee and cherry pie. I mean, you can, right. And it worked really well and it created a beautiful series, but it's really dark and really sorrowful. And like this mm-hmm. really cuts right to it.
1: Yeah. I agree with that for a hundred percent. Yes. Um, now I want to point this out while we are talking about drugs and titties and sex here. So <laughs> the whole scene in the club Oh, wow. <laughs> listen, what a trip. Oh, what a trip indeed. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I'm laughing because it is not supposed to be funny, but there's this one scene and I believe it's Laura and Ronette. OK, and I had told you that you might have to keep me straight on some things because I watch both of these multiple times because i wanted to make sure i didn't miss something so some of these things might blend together for me but there's a scene i believe it's laura and ronette and there was Jacques. listen and he's like hey as a sandwich i'm ready to bring the meat i was like ew (laughs) i know he's so gross i was like do you see him Stop! Like, ew! I know, like, I get it, but I don't get it, But also, the
0: (laughs) French-Canadian accent kills me every time, because
1: there's something
0: truthful about it, but it's also very exaggerated, so it just, it always makes me laugh.
1: (laughs) Well, see, that's how I feel, like, when I watch anything that's supposed to be said in Georgia, but they exaggerate. Like, The Walking Dead, for example. When you hear, like, Rick Grimes talk, you're like, okay. (laughs) But in reality... I don't think that's not that bad, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's just, <laughs> right. hey, I'm here with the meat. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's yeah. disgusting meat, okay? Yeah. No. But and they're just like <laughs>
0: you know, just I know. I'm like, I forgot that Laura <sighs> and Ronette seem to have such an affection for Jacques and I'm just like <laughs> Ugh. Why?
1: Ugh. There's another but why though. I know. I mean, but it's I know not even why. just the way
0: he looks. It's his whole attitude. Like he is I know. he like he is
1: slime personified. He's <laughs> like- <laughs> so gross. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know how many times I wrote gross after like that. (laughs) But I was like, if I don't mention this, I will hate myself forever. Oh, yeah. Because it just it's gold, but not the kind of gold I think people probably like latch on to. (laughs) It's not supposed to be funny, but it was hilarious to me. And uh, but anyway, yeah. And so. The whole and I get a little confused still, and I don't know if this is going to get better. But again, I'm going to reiterate it's not in a negative way Um, with the Black Lodge stuff. I don't think you're meant to really fully understand Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what's going on there. But there was the scene where and I think they were like eating something. But it was like um, he has a name or is he the man with no name? What's what is. Well, What's so he has two different titles. He is the man from another place. But okay. he's also the arm. Oh, I only know him as the man from another place. That's what okay. I was thinking of.
0: Well, so you learn that he's the arm in The Missing Pieces. And it's interesting. I feel like The Missing right. Pieces really fills in a lot of the gaps on the Black Lodge. I mean, to yes. an extent. You're right. Yes. You don't really have a full picture even by the end of watching both of these films. But... The missing right. pieces. And when we get to that, I have like, not, it's not really a take, but just an opinion. But yeah, it does fill in some kind of gaps there. But so, yeah. so he's known as the arm, which I think means that he's Mike's arm.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I was going to, that's, thank you for clarifying that. I was going to. I have that actually in the missing pieces part. So, like, that's why I was like, what is this guy's name again? Like, right. I when I was watching Fire Walk with me, he I didn't know him as the arm yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. and I don't think that you, I don't think that's come up before Missing Pieces. So, that's totally fair.
1: Um, But, yeah, when they were all, like, Bob was at the table. And there was just, like, other people, like the grandmother and the grandson. We talked about yes. them. Yes. <laughs> To remember them and how they keep popping up, like when Laura's trying to do her Meals on Wheels and they give her that picture. Oh, all of that is so freaky. Mm-hmm. I love I love it, but I'm just like, whoa. I, and I tried to make sensible notes. And when I went back to read them, I was like, this is jibber jabber. What is this? <laughs> Yeah, that's the movie. What have you written? <laughs> it's like really interesting jibber jabber. Yes, exactly. I was like, there are a lot of dashes. Like, there's this dash this, then right. this dash right. dash. And was, yeah. I'm like, there's no way I can explain this. So, <laughs> But then I have, um, obviously, we get more g- gruesome type details into the night that Laura dies. Um, a lot of the Bobby stuff and things like that, I left for missing pieces. because I feel like in missing pieces, we got even more mm-hmm. of that. So I put some of uh, most of that stuff under there. Um, and then, so Mike saved Ronette. I didn't, that's not ever revealed in the series, is it? No. No, because the first thing we
0: see of Ronette is just her walking across the bridge.
1: Right. And I didn't think, even when Mike was coming in and out of his, like, consciousness between... Gerard and Mike, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't think he'd ever mentioned Ronette either. So, um, no.
0: I mean, the most he says is that he decided to sort of repent and cut off his right. arm and and try and do good. But yeah, there's no real connection to that night.
1: Yeah, and I I liked well, you know, for how you can like that. I liked that's sure. how that that's how Ronette you know escaped, and then it ends with corn. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, corn, huh? Well, so like, the corn is, I don't know if
0: you remember them saying it, but there's that word Garmin Bosia. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what that meant, though. Okay, so that's what that, like, that's the physical manifestation of that. And Garmin Bosia is a made-up word that means pain and sorrow or pain and suffering, one of those two. Oh. So that's, like, what the Black Lodge spirits feed off of.
1: Oh, okay, okay, all yeah. right. And that's why,
0: like that scene when Donna is bringing the the Chalfonts their meals on wheels, because I feel like at that point the old woman and her grandson are also maybe on the path to like repenting and not being part of the Black Lodge anymore. Although who knows? And that's why she doesn't want the creamed corn.
1: Ooh, Something yeah. Like well, that. I. Thank you for making that connection because I was like, sure. I feel like corn has come up some other time, but I yeah. could not, for the life of me, remember where it fit in because I've consumed so much, yeah, in such a short <laughs> amount of time that I was like, did I make this up?
0: No, um, yeah,
1: but you're so right. I feel she like she like it's didn't a want Really that. strong, like David Lynch clearly hates creamed corn. <laughs> oh my gosh! guess I what? feel like it's- he was force fed
0: it as a child or something, and then
1: he's like my revenge on creamed corn. <laughs> I love cream corn. It's so even when That's he so he funny. was eating that and he, he was eating that corn I was like this looks delicious. I might have some for oh. dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. I always so, find sorry. it so gross because I feel like the way that uh, like He's a lot of it. what's happening in the Black Lodge I'm pretty sure they film it forward, but what they're playing is the backwards of it, so it's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it just looks really disgusting the way it's being eaten, but...
1: Exactly, yeah, like, the way, because it's like little, like, the little toes, like, I'm like, ew! Exactly. We, ew! Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hurting my eyes! My eyes! <laughs> First this bad Jacques sandwich, now the corn. Whoa, Stop it! Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> well, there's so much of that throughout this movie. Like, it just, it doesn't... I feel like... Okay, the scene with the fingernail,
1: oh God- I' purposefully left that off
0: <laughs> that is like if you had to describe this movie, it's that it's raw yeah. and it's uncomfortable and it's gross yeah, but it 100%. but it's also like truthful in a way, you know like yeah. that's how you would For have sure. to get to that information is by Oof. ripping the nail off. I know it's disgusting, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like holding each one of my fingernails right now. I'm in my in my hand. I'm like, don't yeah. ever. I will never yeah. hurt two fingernails. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oof. That just evokes like this physical reaction in me. I'm not even gonna lie. It was
0: really gross. Yeah. And if you ever lost
1: Oof. a fingernail, like you kind of know what it feels like in
0: a way. Mm. And yeah.
1: I will tell you. One time, I did slam my finger in a car door, and it yeah, was up at the same. T- oh gosh! It was up at the top, and half of my fingernail died right but I no listen because I went I did go to a doctor yeah because I was like what am I supposed to do with this I've never like done this before it was just like the family doctor and he was like well um we could either take that off and I was like no 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 yeah and he was like or just be very careful wrap a little bandage I kept a bandage around that and it took like three months for it to grow out because it was yes yes but I had a bandage wrapped around it for that. And people used to be like, "What's going on with your finger?" And I'm like, "I still just trust me. You don't want to see That's it." My second business. of all, don't worry
0: about it. Yeah,
1: mind your business. First of all, <laughs> second of all. I don't want anything even touching this because if this fingernail falls off, I'm going to die. Okay. That's how I feel. All
0: right. Oh, oh. I feel like when it happened to me, um, I just like bit the bullet and just like ripped it off and was like, oh! just got to be done with it because otherwise, yeah, it's going to be three months for it to like
1: fully heal.
0: But yeah. So, so this I've had is that some... just like open spot, like underneath where your nail should be. I know it's
1: disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> whoa. And I'm sorry for all the sound effects on this, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We're
0: like a, we're like a morning radio show today. <laughs> <I
1: know>. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, I'm sure there's loads that I, I didn't talk about, but I feel like a lot of it came together even more with missing pieces. So I started moving some of my notes around, um, When we get into the missing pieces. So. Well, I think that's, we can totally move into that. The only
0: thing that I do want to say is that I really appreciate Firewalk with me for being a prequel. And I know it pissed a lot of people off when it first came out because I mean, I'm sure I would have been right there with them, like jonesing for more of what happened to Coop and Harry and everybody after Mm. the events of season two, but It makes Laura into a full person. Like, all we really knew about Laura was this dead body wrapped in plastic. Yeah, we got Mm -hmm. a little bit in, like, flashback or in photos, but it makes her a real person, a fully fleshed human being. And I just, I don't know, there's... It is really dark. Obviously, we've talked about all of these themes of being uncomfortable and disgusting and it's, it's about incest and rape and it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really heartbreaking. But I think by the end of it, Laura finds a kind of salvation and it, like it yeah. comes through death, but she doesn't allow her abuser to take her over. Like she does not right. allow Bob to inhabit her and sort of do the same thing that he was doing with Leland. And it takes a exactly. fight to the death but she wins in that way. And so I don't
1: know, there's something strangely beautiful about that. I agree. And, and I, I, and obviously I'm not in real time. I didn't watch this in real time. Um, I could see where people would probably, well, yeah, be really pissed because honestly, the way that season two ended, I'm glad that I I didn't have to wait the 25 years for this, (laughs) for the return. Right. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate it being a prequel as well because I wanted to know more about Laura. Yeah. And everything that we knew, we got via third person in the, sh- the series, right? Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the actress. I enjoyed all of it with her, her complexity. And I know I laughed and joked about, you know, the drugs and the sex. But, I mean, that was a really tough situation to be in I mean using the drugs to numb what's happening to you the real the realization that it's your father that's been doing it you know she's in the bushes and she sees her dad come out of the house it's like oh man
0: it's heartbreaking now
1: yeah 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 it really is and so well, I joke about it, but in reality, someone who's going through a lot of trauma and things like that—that that, this is a sort of classic behavior where they do turn to, they could turn to substances and sure. and a, a lifestyle that they try to live that helps numb what's happening in their real life to them, and it's it's incredibly moving and it's sad, and the quote unquote weird stuff is just a an added bonus into the story, like maybe yeah. to take away from a lot of the hard themes that, that the story does have to bring to the table, you know?
0: Oh, for sure. But, you know, so, okay, so this is sort of what I was talking about before, just my sort of feeling about the, like what happens with the missing pieces versus Fire Walk With Me. When you see what was cut out, I think it only serves to sort of underline the kind of film that David Lynch really wanted to make with Fire Walk with Me. Because there's certain things in the missing pieces that are more like the original seasons of Twin Peaks in a way because it lightens the mood a lot more. Whereas... By taking them out, you don't have a lot of distraction. You have to watch and sort of endure in a little bit of a way what's happening to Laura Palmer. And you can't – you don't get to go to the double R for, like, a fun piece of pie and a cup of damn fine coffee, you know? Like, you're really sitting with the horribleness of what happened to her. And, I mean, that's not for everybody, and that's totally fine, but I just think that that's – I just – I have such a much better appreciation. I've only seen these films once or twice before. It's it's the Twin Peaks content that I have the least sort of... Um, I've seen the least, basically. So it was very right. interesting to revisit this. And yeah, watching the miss- The Missing Pieces, I was just like, I really appreciate the restraint from David Lynch to be like, no, these themes are really uncomfortable and I think that you guys need to watch them. And I think there was a little bit of like okay, first you made me reveal who the killer was, then you canceled my fucking TV show, even though I told you that this was the wrong move, so now I'm going to make you watch this prequel that's, like, really dark and demonic, so have fun, and I kind of like that, like, yes. you know, you already said it, he was kind of showing off by being, <laughs> like, this is my film, you know?
1: Yep, yep. So, I don't know,
0: I just, I really appreciate it, and, Yeah, there's there's just so much that you get. I mean, it's perfectly titled. It's the missing pieces. It fills in so many of the gaps. You get, like I said, you get more information on the convenience store, the Black Lodge, all that kind of stuff. You get more scenes from after the events of season two you get familiar faces familiar settings and i i just love that he restrained himself and resisted the urge to include those just to sort of make fans happy you know right and then it's cool that he did release the missing pieces like that wasn't released until 2014 so even then people had to wait a long time because firewalk with me was 1992 so exactly but yeah and it like casts this different light on firewalk with me the scene that really sticks out from missing pieces for me is when the Palmers are sitting at the table and they're learning Norwegian together.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I have that God. exact note.
0: It's, <laughs> it's so heartwarming and heartbreaking yes. all at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's I you. Okay. I didn't show you these notes. So I'm like, get out of my head once again, <laughs> but I put the same thing down. I was like, you know, it's heartbreaking because that is obviously real Leland. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like a moment of lucidity or whatever. Exactly. And the family dynamic. And it's so sweet. But then you contrast that to the other dinner scene where he freaks out on her about washing the hands. Ugh. Where he's obviously Bob, I suppose. Right. Yeah. And so. Man, it's yeah, a little like. little dark,
0: but I feel like that could be made into a meme for right now.
1: Ooh, yes. Wash your <laughs> hands wash your hands please people yes you're right um but man uh i'm i'm with you on that that whole oh yeah that whole thing i'm having a little moment right here with it just (laughs) the other thing i really liked this doesn't have anything to do obviously with uh the norwegian scene but i made a lot of well i say a lot but i loved david bowie Mm-hmm. and i loved Jeffries, and i loved the additional scenes of Jeffries, and what is that time travel um going to an alternate timeline alternate universe like what was that right well hmm. what do you think it is <laughs> i mean i think it's all of those things wrapped into one to be honest i mean yeah. and that's that right there, we didn't get a lot of that in the series, obviously, but I was really happy to see that because I thought, oh, OK, so maybe my suspicions of some type of. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. think time travel to begin with, I thought alternate timeline, but even the thought of, of time travel is feasible. And I'm really excited about that because I enjoy that in things that I watch I mm-hmm. that's something that I've always been a fan of so I was excited to see that in the missing pieces because when you watch Firewalk with me that whole scene is confusing you're like well I don't understand why he's on the camera and right. not on the camera then Cooper's stuck on the camera you're just kind of like what the hell is going on here well and it's like it's all prefaced with Cooper walking up to
0: Gordon Cole and saying I'm worried because of that dream I told you about. And then, yeah, are so are we in Cooper's dream? Are we Oh. Do are we flashing back and forth between Cooper's dream and what's actually happening at the FBI office? Exactly. I'm I don't I don't think I'm clear on that after seeing it this many times and after knowing what comes after that. And I I think it's it's super interesting. It's another one of those things where you get a different um view on it after seeing the missing pieces because you're right it is such a confusing sequence in fire walk with me and i think again it's meant to be like that but there is something that i guess it almost clarifies but then initiates more questions by making it uh because it kind of feels more separate in missing pieces like you can hear david bowie a lot more clearly than yes. in Firewalk with me, like his his speech is not distorted over the images of like the Black Lodge meeting.
1: Right, exactly. So you
0: get yeah, you get a little bit more clarity, but like I said, that just sort of leads to more like, oh, okay, so what actually did happen there then? You know? But yeah. and then I wonder sometimes is it Laura's dream? Because Laura has that dream about Annie way oh, before right. any of that stuff happened. And Coop way is in the you- Black. Yeah, way before we even met Annie, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And all those scenes in the Red Room, Coop is there too. But this Ah. is happening before. So it also speaks to this like, okay, time and space definitely mean something different in there. Like out here, Coop may not have gone into the Red Room, the Black Lodge space, whatever, until the events of season two. But once he's in there... Ooh, what able is all able of this to
1: t- access right well you get a backlog and you get all all of the stuff i for lack of a better word there yeah uh, exactly wow well that okay that's a little mind-blowing because for me i was i just stayed confused on that you know i was just it it was not processing in my mind Well, I think that's fair.
0: And especially, I mean, it's your first time through, so there's a lot coming at you. And this is why when you first brought up the alternate timeline thing, I was like, oh, we're going to have so much fun with this as we move forward (laughs) because it's only going to get more, more confusing, but more detailed in a way. Like we're going to have more to talk about, but it is still going to be like, oh, okay, but is it this or is it that? Like, what I will say is that I read this interview and it got me super excited to get back into the return because David Lynch apparently has said Fire Walk With Me is very important to season three.
1: Oh, good. Which I
0: totally see in retrospect. I, I'm glad that we're covering this. We're talking about it because there are so many themes and elements and, and just information that you get in Fire Walk With Me that I think really play a role in the episodes to come.
1: Oh, good. Good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. And I think we already said, obviously that the, the darkness and the the scenes and some of the things that we get in missing pieces just kind of make it even more dark. You know, I made a couple of notes here about two scenes that particularly, well, all of it freaked me out, but these two for some reason really creeped me out in, in the missing pieces um, where Annie, where she's like in the hospital and she's wearing the ring. Yeah. That Teresa and Laura, they mm-hmm. also wore that ring. Um, but then the nurse takes it and it's like the ring is like some type of, and I put this, might be totally using this term in the wrong way, but I put like some type of familiar for like the Black Lodge or something, right?
0: It's for sure something. I mean, there's a lot of really great theories out there on whether or not it's good, whether or not it's evil, whether it's just... Yeah, like some sort of familiar or totem or like talisman, something like that. Yeah, that yes, connects. Exactly. That maybe it's. I mean, I think it is a means of travel in a way, because um, mm. we see we don't see Chet Desmond disappear, but something definitely happens when he reaches for that ring underneath the trailer. Exactly.
1: Well, and he.
0: he- He's gone. It, yeah. And there's something that Laura is able to do once she accepts the ring as well at the end of Fire Walk With Me. So, yeah. And it is going to come back in season three. So there will be more oh, chance yay. for us to, to talk about it as well. <laughs> but it is really creepy that the nurse steals it. And I'm just like, oh, girl, you don't even
1: know what you're in for. Yeah. Put that thing down. Oh, my gosh. I it's worse than, the meat, worse than the meat sandwich and the corn. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote... So, is this, I put Bad Dale, and Bad Dale, I guess, is Bob in Dale? Right. Because that sounds almost like Chip and Dale. I don't know if you ever watched that. But anyway, Bob course, in Dale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and what I wrote was, like, the his trickery to Harry and Dr. Hayward that I did not appreciate because... Right. He beat his head, you know, and it's like, "How's Annie?" You know, all of that. We saw that at the end of season two, uh, but then you know they go running in there, and he's like, "Oh gosh, I must have slipped and bumped my head, but I still didn't brush my teeth," and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and that's the way that that one ends, right? By him just saying yeah, I haven't
0: brushed my teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Creepy. It's creepy, and I mean, I I don't think it's a spoiler to say we're gonna see more of different sides of Dale. Like, I mean, (sighs) that's where we ended with things. So when it gets picked back up, you know, like, Oh, I can't wait.
1: Oh my, I've chilled
0: off. He's, I love him. Even in that quick scene of when you know that something has gone wrong here, Bob is obviously with him in some fashion because we saw him in
1: the mirror. He, the turn is so good. Yes. So, yes, yes. And then obviously I would not be me. If I didn't say WTF on the Diane. Right. Because I put Diane, but not Diane T's. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Where he's just like talking to her in the doorway. And I'm like, come on, let's just get a quick sneak peek in there. And give me something. It's so genius that you don't <laughs> even hear her
0: voice. So I know. You know that she's some like you know that she's human now,
1: you know that she is yeah. at the FBI, but there's still well, no like personhood to her. Well, do I? Because I'm gonna tell you after I watched it, I was like, Is he talking to an empty room? Because I mm. would not be surprised, <laughs> I would not be surprised if he just switched out an empty room for a tape recorder at this point. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, my first thought was, okay, there is somebody in there. But then I, you know, with my mind, I started going, or is he just talking to an empty room and then he talks to a tape recorder?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, Diane has to be physical enough to be able to move something and play this game with Coop. I mean, unless he's playing the game with himself, but,
1: you know. Well, exactly, because I did say that, like, he gets the things that he asks for, from Diane and all of that, you know, right. during the series. Right. So, oh, but still, I was like, you're killing me. I guess it was all those years of people being like, who the fuck is Diane? And then David Lynch is like, all right, I'm going to give you the missing pieces, but I'm not going to give you Diane, but I'm just going to make you even more mad about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
0: and I think that's just another instance of him just sort of saying like, you Shouldn't can't have canceled you- me. You can't always get what you want either out of a story. And like, you know, I I don't know. That's something I really admire about him. I think a lot of other people find it to be a little bit arrogant, but I just really like that he just creates stuff and just says like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, oh, well, like it's not really my business to decide whether or not you're going to like what I create. I just create things. You know, and I like that. Yeah, and he doesn't spoon-feed people. He doesn't cater things to an audience. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with television like that either. In fact, I like some shows that do that. They're they're warm and comforting, and you can put them on on a day when you just need something familiar. But I also really like when an artist just creates art and just puts it out there.
1: Yeah, same. I, I agree with that. Like, the no-fan-service type yes. thing is... And I I appreciate it for what it is. And and you're right. Same with me is I enjoy shows that do create a lot of fan service and because it does it's self-serving for me. You know, I mean, there are things that I want to see happen. And when it happens, I'm very satisfied. But in this instance, I'm still satisfied not knowing exactly who Diane is. You know, I mean, I'm not going to cry about it. I might be like, why do you keep breaking my heart like this? (laughs) But I still find it genius, and I still appreciate it for the art form that it is, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you do. That honestly makes my heart <laughs> so happy because I will tell you that what's coming, there's not a lot of fan service in season three. There are moments oh, cool. where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is so exciting. But it's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel forceful in that way. Like it feels like, Oh, this is supposed to be happening within the narrative, but it's also a total bonus that we're getting this. So,
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> Nels. I am like
0: freaking the fuck out. Like I cannot wait because I just think it's going to be great that we're doing just the two episodes at a time. Cause we can just yes. really dive into stuff. Like I am
1: so excited. Me too. I'm I'm excited about that because I can take my time and enjoy the two episodes, talk about it and know that I've got so much more still like, you know, ahead of me to look forward to. So I'm really,
0: I can't wait. Yes. Yeah. Well, so this is technically like the last weekly watch for a little while because we're shifting gears into Twin Peaks Tuesdays. So, Woo! and that's going to be for, I think, I think I've mapped it out over like the next nine weeks, maybe 10 if we want to do like a a wrap up afterwards, which I think we'll definitely, definitely be into. So for the foreseeable future, yeah, we're, we're on a Twin Peaks track, which is pretty exciting. So. Oh,
1: so excited. (laughs) Yes. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV podcast.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review on your favorite podcast
1: platform. You can find me on Twitter at Mel's Bells 84. And you can find me on Instagram at the.written.witch. See you next
0: time.
1: See ya. Damn fine TV. I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks.